Morning Show, Sports at 5.9 The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Happy Friday to you. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Hey, it's the last hour of the program on a Friday. Program. What's, what's, what's not to be fired up about? Um, Leaf fans not as fired up after the last couple of games. Toronto Maple Leafs scoring a total of two goals, none of which were by Austin Matthews either, as he's holding steady at six goals after a couple of hat-tricks to start the season. Leaves two and two, which is it's not ideal, especially after you you don't have perfect efforts in the first two games, but you still manage to escape with four points. Could be worse, though. Could be a lot worse. You look around the league, and specifically the, the team, the Western Conference team, the, the mm-hmm. Leafs are always compared to, right, because of the generational superstars at the, the Jets. No, no, <laughs> that's no. mean. No people. Someone messaged me. They did not like me trying to move the Jets yesterday. They yeah, did not like that. it was intense. Yeah, it was a bit much. <laughs> we had a texter who's yeah, who was kind of who was from Winnipeg yesterday, but like was no. I had a guy private DM me on Instagram saying this has to stop. Yeah, all yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, not the Jets, the Oilers. Right, are the team that we all said. Won't it be great that one time that these two teams meet in a Stanley Cup final? Because, like, that's obviously where they're headed. One of those teams has made it a little further. A lot, got a lot closer mm-hmm. than the other. Anyways. Not last year. Uh, the Oilers are off to a rough start. As you may recall, they started their season with an 8-1 loss in Vancouver to the Canucks and then followed it up with another loss to the Canucks. But only 4-3, and that you could point to goaltending maybe. Hey, hey, they got a win in Nashville. But yesterday, oh, a disappointing effort and result. 4-1 loss in Philadelphia. Uh, and and we talked about, hey, when is Sheldon Keefe going to start tearing a strip off these players? Like, when's, when's mm-hmm. he going to start looking real frustrated? That, that's still up in the air. For Jay Woodcroft, it was <laughs> yesterday. Not to our standard. Yeah, certainly. Uh, not not good enough. Excuse my language. <laughs> yeah. I, I love a good swear. Like I, I, I love a good swear. Oh, man. Mm. And by the end of the Blue Jays season, yeah, you, you saw a lot more of it getting sprinkled into John Schneider's post-game media availabilities. Yep. There's nothing like that one where Jay Woodcroft obviously understands. I don't know if that was live. It, it looked certainly live. But, like, he understands it's a microphone well, it's in front of his face. it's always kind of live. Yeah. At the very least, somebody's listening. Right. So, like, he knows... But he, like, couldn't help himself. He's His like, brain just short-circuited. Yeah. He's like, I cannot believe what the I just yeah. saw. Yeah. I, what? This, I can't, like, as, as professional as a dude as Honestly, I am. you know what? New rule. What? I want to hear it. But tell him it's not live. Be like, uh, coach, yeah. mic's off for 10 seconds if you just want to let your best one go. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We'd, yeah, that would work once, maybe. But once. Yeah, yeah. We'd get him, though. Yeah, like there's nothing like that. We were just talking during the break about how, you know, knock on wood, yes. neither of us have ever sworn into a live microphone nope. doing come sports close. radio. I have come close. I got, yeah, and sometimes you you do, the, when you do your best work is when you let the emotion take hold of you, right? Your but eyes like, almost touched me when you were screaming about Vladdy getting picked off at second. Right. <laughs> but even then, you do understand your environment, but yeah, to go out of out of your brain in that moment, like that was legit. Jay Woodcroft is like, ah, it's only game four, and like we still uh, nothing's changed about ah! that. <laughs> Just couldn't help it. Trying to, because you know, 
again, they speak, and everyone's different. They speak, you know, fairly close to the end of the game, but it's not like he just, it's not like he walked off the bench and there was the mic right there. No. He had a second <laughs> to collect himself. He's, and he just couldn't. Guys, yeah. Honestly, he just couldn't. And I think people, like, they're not, they don't love why he has to do that. Yeah. But if I'm an Oilers fan, good. Yes. Be frustrated. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would say if things continue in this direction for the Toronto Maple Leafs, we we might see that maybe. soon enough. Is uh, maybe he maybe doesn't have to apologize anymore either. May, maybe we'll see. Uh, road trip, the season long road trip continues tomorrow uh, uh, on Hockey Night in Canada in Tampa against the uh, Lightning team, the Blue, uh, the Maple Leafs knocked out of the playoffs a season ago. Let's talk to uh, Luke Fox in Florida, Sportsnet's Leaf reporter. How's it going, Luke? It's going well. Just about to uh, head to the airport and uh, make my way to Tampa. Attaboy. Uh, by the way, Luke is our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It's early. Luke, I get it. It's uh, like everybody, chill. Because, you know, yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> no. the way this team is, looks now isn't the way they're going to look at the end of the year. And, and personnel-wise, very different at the deadline. That being said, like, we just played the Jay Woodcroft clip yesterday after his Oilers team drops to one in three. He doesn't seem to be taking this all that well. Plus, the Atlantic does seem a lot better. Like, where where are we on the, like, early season panic for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, I don't think we're smashing the button quite yet, but... There are signs that, uh, you know, are concerning for me. And again, you have to preface everything at this time of year. It's early. And if any team has had a bad October, uh, 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 an October that hasn't encouraged faith in the fan base, it's the Maple Leafs. And then we've seen the past two seasons. They've had, you know, gone on a tear in November and straightened it out and, and looks fine. But the, the warning signs are there. You know, they've played four games. I don't think in any single one of them that they've been dictating the game or taking it to their opponent. And that's concerning to me because this is supposed to be a veteran group now, right? This core is very familiar with with each other. They fancy themselves the contender. They, you know, when you talk to them, they talk about, we're doing going through the process because we're going to go to the top of the mountain and, you know, we want to improve on last year. And they have these lofty expectations. But they're not playing like a contender. They're playing like a team that, that is still searching for its identity. Uh, you know, if Austin Matthews doesn't score a hat trick and William Nylander doesn't, you know, go beast mode, uh, I don't know what they have left beyond that. Now, there, there are some positives. I don't want to be all negative on them. I, I think their power play looks absolutely deadly. I love what Guy Boucher has done with it. Uh, last night, they lose to a pretty depleted Florida Panthers team that, didn't have Ekblad, that didn't have Montour, that didn't have Sam Bennett, that had a bunch of uh, names at the bottom of the lineup where you had to Google where they were last. Uh, and, and they just outworked the Leafs, and they got an early lead. The Leafs haven't scored the first goal in any of the four games. Uh, and to be honest, I think the quality of the, their opponents they played in the first four games haven't been that great. I mean, Montreal and Chicago are trying to be bad on purpose. They're, they're in the rebuild phase of their cycle. Minnesota, to me, is an average team. And Florida, yes, they went to the cup final. But like I said, they were missing three of their best players. And the Leafs have yet to have, like, a dominant performance. I do think they tightened things up defensively last night. I think they took a step in that direction. And Keith has been harping on them about playing tighter. Like, 
the two goals the Panthers scored were, were from distance. And Samsonov said that he didn't see them. So I think there's a step in, in, that went the right way in that direction. But, you know, the new guys for living brought in, Domi and Bertuzzi, look lost right now. And now we find out Bertuzzi's playing hurt. And they're not carrying an extra forward right now on the on the on the road trip, so we'll see where that goes. But there there are it's not you know panic, but there are some signs that aren't the greatest. Yeah, no one's hitting the button, but someone might ask where it is. Just hey, does anyone know where the panic button is? I don't need it now, but I might need it soon. I think is the is is kind of the the prevailing feeling. And you know, I you hear Keith's comments last night of him talking about it's their best game of the season, and I think that is fair to say, especially in the second and third period, it did feel like a much better team. But we shouldn't be sitting here talking about good stretches for a team or a couple of good periods. You know, we're all watching Keith pretty closely this year. He's already uh, dipped his toe in the water of some critical post game comments. Nothing close to the soft and purposeless from from the Rangers. You know, do you expect his tack to be any differently? And I don't mean with the players because there's stuff that happens behind closed doors that we're not, perv- you know, uh, we don't we don't see. But when we look at the when we look at him in his post game, do you think we are going to see him start to take a, a harder line? Because honestly, when I watched him and heard those comments from last night, he obviously he's happy his team rebounded and played better in the second and third periods. But it's almost easier if they did just lay the egg to to kind of rip into him. Do you think there's a a, a bit of a different uh, urgency? for him to do that this year or, or do you think he's any different now we've had so many conversations of of Dubis not being here and if that makes him a different man well he's he's a competitive guy and he's an impatient guy and, and I I say that because midway through any game where things aren't going their way he goes to the blender really fast yeah. <laughs> really fast uh, so he wants results and he also wants to win every night and I I sometimes wonder if uh his reluctance to take the long view yes. um, and, and play for the short term might come back to bite him. And I say that because there's this massive discrepancy between the ice time that Austin Matthews and John Tavares and William Nealand or Mitch Marner are getting and the rest of the forwards. Now, Yarn Kroc has, has moved up and is kind of like the new Kerfoot. He's like, if things are going sideways, he's like, the, the coach's uh, safety net, and he'll bump him up and use him all over, and he trusts Yarn Kroc. Uh, but the rest of the guys, the, the, trust, the trust is lost, and they're finding it really difficult to gain it. And, you know, how, how do you get it? Like, you must feel like you're – like, there's a reason why Domi and Bertuzzi probably feel out of sync. Uh, you know, the, the top power play unit, there was one power play in that Chicago game – where the top power play unit literally took all two minutes and they didn't score. Now they look dangerous, but you know, if, if you're a part of a member of the supporting cast and you're on the second power play unit, you're, you're kind of probably looking around like, do we get a shot? And then every time it's six on five, he calls a timeout and Bertuzzi and Domi don't sniff the ice. Uh, you know, Matthew Nice is, you know, probably has more to offer this team too. And, uh, I get it. Those are the guys that you're paying the big bucks and you want to win the game. But you have to have a little bit of an eye towards the postseason because successful playoff teams, we know this, it's been proven, they can't be a one-line or two-line team. You have to come at teams uh, with depth, come at them in, in waves. You have to have support scoring. And those guys aren't being trusted to deliver it yet. And then it falls on the players too to, 
to find a way to make a meaningful contribution when they're not getting the minutes they may be used to in other other teams they've been on because they haven't delivered. So to be a that the, the thing with this Leaf team is we're always looking through it through the prism of how would this team do in a playoff series? And right now, uh, they, they just don't have the depth. And part of that's on the coach. Maybe part of it's on the, the GM and part of it's on the players. But they need to, to figure it out and, and you know, come be more of a team. Because right now, it's like feast or famine with the big guys. Yeah, who knew the, that that fateful Pierre Dorian quote from uh, many moons ago of "We are a team" uh, is exactly what the uh, what what the Leafs need right now. You know, you mentioned Bertuzzi and Domi, and you know, I think I can understand the frustration for sure. I would think with a guy like Bertuzzi and you know him being banged up isn't helping it. At least he gets to ride shotgun with the big boys. I do wonder what the fit or what the vision Max Domi was sold on here because, you know, he was never going to be on the top power play. Yes, he had a chance to be in the top six, but if he's not clicking with the top six group, I just don't know. I'm curious what his vision of being a Toronto Maple Leaf was. I mean, I know he had visions of his dad and playing here, but just when I look at this roster, the more I keep coming back to it is that the only fit that makes sense for him to thrive in a role is up top with Matthews and Marner, and I don't think he's the type of player that, that they typically have succeeded best with there but I do wonder if that is what makes the most sense if you really want to if if it is long term and you want to make everyone feel good about themselves and have the best version of it do you think there's there's a world where we see that with maybe Domi going up with Marner and Matthews maybe it's not for a full game why would it ever be if it's a leaf line combination but I do wonder if that's the way to kind of get him a little more invested and engaged try to get the best version of him what do you make of that yeah, I mean, it's a long season. I'm, I'm sure we're going to see all sorts of combinations. Yeah. I, I, it, the trick for Keith is this guy's not playing well. He's not, you know, the puck's on his stick, and you don't know if he's going to make the right play or cough it up or get nervous and get in his head uh, and, and think, I, I can't screw up. I'm learning a new system. I'm with a new team. I haven't scored a goal yet. I'm barely getting any ice time. Like, Keith even said yesterday before the game, there's a lot going on in this guy's head right now. Uh, You know, he probably had dreams of of stepping into this market and making a a big impact right away. Uh, We want you because you're gritty. We want you because you're capable of scoring 20 goals and and we need secondary scoring. We we want that second wave of offense. And hey, guess what? We're going to start you in the top six. He started this season with John Tavares and William Nylander. I mean, if you're a winger, and, and you find out these are your two line mates, like how, how exciting is that? But then you play your way out of that spot. Uh, and, and now you're in the bottom six and you're looking around at your line mates and it's like, who's going to score here? Uh, you know, so it's, it's, if you're the coach, do you reward poor performance um, just to get a guy going? Maybe. Um, and, and you frame it as we need to get this guy going and, and get him engaged and give set him up for success. Nylander would love to know that's an option, by the way, Luke. He's like, hold on, you can go, you can be in the doghouse, but get rewarded? I didn't know. Well, there's going to be changes, right? Because I'm I'm looking at Fraserman, and I thought he was a fantastic story out of camp. Mm. I think Leaf fans should be really excited about this prospect. I think he's a smart player. I also think he is not ready for the NHL. Uh, I think he's going to do great in junior. So I think the, the clock is now on, you know, I, I don't know if he gets to even nine games, to be honest. So uh, this team needs to figure out a third line and, and, and have an identity of that third line. And whether that's bringing up some Marley's, maybe we see Bobby McMahon or Pontus Holmberg on this trip, 
Uh, Domi needs to find a niche. He needs to find a role on this team. So, you know, it's only four games in. There's time to figure this out. Uh, but what the, the, the scary thing is they've done this before, right, in, in terms of recruiting free agents, setting them up for success. You know, I, I'm thinking of a guy like Nick Ritchie. And then you get to a point where 20, game, 20 games, 30 games, if it's not working, maybe the, maybe the match isn't here. So, you know, I don't want to go doomsday yet on Domi. Uh, there, like I said, there's time to work it out, but there's there's another direction this thing could go. Yeah, man, it, it is shocking, though, to, to look at the ice time for Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, who are the, the two leading forwards in the NHL in ice time per game. Like, I'm over a minute more than number three, Jack Hughes, which is insane, right? And they've played more games than, than Jack Hughes. They are getting just this outsized... A minute load, and I am I'm I'm making a, a straight line comparison in my mind to to Nick Nurse and and the Toronto Raptors, and maybe his displeasure with the way that Raptors team was constructed, and maybe mm. not even a, a direct uh, conversation to be had with him, but like, hey, Malachi Flynn is a guy that we we drafted in the in the first round, and be sure nice to see him get an extended run here, and and maybe spread out the minutes, and it is just the regular season. Uh, we probably don't want Pascal Siakam and and Fred Van Vliet playing 40 minutes a game when when we're a team that expects to be in the postseason. It is about research and development and 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 maybe progression uh, as a as a unit as a team. Uh, and him saying nuts to that, like I'm in it to win each and every game. It's and you know what? It eventually cost him his job. I mean that and 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 a myriad of other different reasons. And I also know that Sheldon Keefe was given an extension to, to maybe ease the concerns about a, a new general manager coming in and him being on the last year of his deal. But I wonder how much of the minutes distribution is him like, I, I, I can't mess around here. Like, I, I know if things go haywire and it probably doesn't come until whatever is decided in the postseason is decided, but that, that he's the guy that's going to be in the crosshairs. Yeah, yeah. No, and I don't think the extension... Uh, it guarantees him financial security, but I don't think it guarantees him job security, right? Uh, we're still we're still dealing with the general manager that didn't hire this man uh, and just got to know him over the summer. And I would love to know uh, Brad Trilliving's true feelings on how these first four games have gone in terms of forward usage. Yep. And you guys were mentioning Jay Woodcroft already, you know, <laughs> dropping F-bombs in his post-game scrum. And Oilers, uh, you know, their parallels are, are off the charts between these two teams. Another Canadian team that fancies itself a cup contender. And things got slow out of the gates in Edmonton. And what did he do? He put Dreisaitl and McDavid on the same line again. Because that is like the coach panicking and saying, we don't have the depth. We need to, you know, get a win, get back on the right track. I got to lean on my stars. I got to lean on my guys that are making um, tens of, of millions of dollars. Cause you know, if I'm going down, I'm going down with my best guys. And there are shades of that happening already with Sheldon Keith. He's like, I got to win tonight. Yes. Um, and, and so I'm calling a timeout. I'm letting them catch their breath and they're going right back out there because they're the only guys I trust right now. Uh, so it's, it's, it's tough. I don't envy his position. You, you, you have to, you can't fall behind in the standings, but at the same time, you have to have a full team and, and empower guys and not make guys feel like they're just hired help, um, that they're not part of, of the mission here. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Luke. It is a it's a fine line he he has to walk, and man, it is a, it's amazing when one forward piece doesn't quite have a home. And you know, we mentioned it with Domi this year. You brought it back to the Richie example. It is amazing how what a ripple effect that can have uh, through through the entirety of of the team. Um, we talked a lot about the forwards. I don't know that that's the area of concern on this team. Uh, the blue line, uh, this will shock you. Uh, it's got some question marks there. John Klingberg, I have not been all that surprised by what I've seen. I've liked what I've liked, and I have not liked what what I have not liked. Uh, what do you make of the blue line and the way they've tried to throw it all together through the first four games? And do you, or do you think it's any different? And I, I, I want to be clear. My answer to this is no. But when Connor Timmons gets healthy, does that all of a sudden fix anything? No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, Connor, but no. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, you know what? I, I, I like, I like the guy. I think he's a great depth option, but he's, he's kind of more of the same, right? He's good puck mover. Uh, great, makes a great pass. Can chip in some secondary points. Uh, he, he, he would look great on a second power play unit. But they have a lot of those type of guys. Now, in saying that, I do think the defense played much better last night than they had in the first three games. You know, Mark Giordano said, I, I think that was probably our best defensive performance. I think Jake McCabe had his best game, although it, it's been a very low bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, he's been a, a source of concern for me um, in the early going here. Uh, I think he still doesn't feel quite at home. There's moments where he, he tries to do too much. Klingberg is what he is. I, I think he's actually been fantastic on the power play and fantastic once he gets on the friendly side of, of the red line. I, I think he makes really smart passing plays Agreed. with the puck. Yeah. And in his own zone on retrievals, you're holding your breath. Uh, and, and Gio, I think is, is a smart player. He may, he's still gutsy, he's still, you know, killing penalties, making shot blocks. I love, I love the guy, but no one is denying that he, he hasn't lost a step. So, the, already there's been a blender there. The only pairing that Keith is stuck with is, is Riley Brody, and I think Morgan Riley has kind of quietly had a really good start to the season. And his regular season wasn't so hot last year. He got hurt for a spell, and even when he was in, he seemed a little off. I think he's you know low-key had a, a really strong season. And this is an empty net last yeah, night, which would have which, which nice. went right through his legs. Yeah, it would have <laughs> been nice. It would have changed the game. But, uh, you know, and, and, and all that, considering that he, you know, without fuss, stepped away from the top power play unit. Um, didn't cause a peep. He's, he's down for the team, and he's just delivered the same way he's delivered in the playoffs. I, I've been really impressed by Riley. And Brody, you know, I think was a little shaky to start. He was he missed some time at camp. Uh, he fell down to start, Luke. Literally. Yeah, well, there was that. Yeah, there was that. Too. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but I, I think those two guys have been fine. But the, but the rest, yeah, the pieces, the pieces don't quite fit. Lilligrim was saying yesterday that he hasn't kind of been thrilled with his game either. And it's, yeah, I, I mean, but we knew, I don't know. It, it's kind of what, what most of us expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look at it on paper and the, the pieces don't fit. They need, they need a, a, another pure defender, maybe two. Mm. Uh, the 2023-24 Toronto Maple Leafs. The pieces just don't fit. Maybe. We'll see. At this Not point. Yet. No, 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 they don't. Not through four games. Luke, uh, enjoy uh, the rest of the road trip. Thanks, man. Okay. Should be fun in Tampa on a Saturday night, though. Oh, yeah. Gotta love it. See you, man. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Luke Fox, 4 Cent Leafs reporter. Uh, this insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online 
and in the showroom, visit Don Valley North Lexus. Dot com. Luke going to be crushing Capri Suns with Fraser Minton down there in, in Florida. That's why it's so fun because, again, he's 19 and he has to hang out of whatever establishment uh, yeah, all, the, all the fellows go to. Luke is not 19, no, though. No, no, Luke's definitely not. But Luke, I just, you Luke know, I like, to, I like to think he'd just want to be a good good friend there. Also, we always think of Sheldon Keefe with the blender out. Uh-huh. Now he's got, like, a grinder. He's got scissors. He's trying to cut puzzle pieces so they can fit with one another and... Man, you know, we talk a lot. Luke mentioned it. I, I'm curious what Treliving thinks about the job Keith has done, the forward deployment um, for a guy who's only known one general manager in his professional hockey life. What to Sheldon Keith? And it's like, that's his boss. I guess it doesn't matter what he thinks to a certain extent. But do you think any piece of him is going, yeah, no, great job you did. Put together this thing. Everything Brent. fits. So seamlessly. Brent, the, the parallels to what Nick Nurse went through this past season, the, they're right there. Because, yeah. yeah, Nick Nurse is like, well, what do you want me to do? You well, want me to play the no good players? The difference I would say is that, say what you will about Max Domi, and I am not someone who's uber high on him. That is a useful player mm. in the right system, but... This ain't it from what we've seen so far. So I will I will give Treliving more credit than I guess I'm going to give Bobby Webster, Masai Ujiri, whoever wears it on sure. any given day there. But that is, like, I'm very curious about what Keefe is thinking about all this. I can guarantee you, though, Brad Treliving is, one, yeah, not pleased with the start for some of those key acquisitions, oh. and notably Max Domi, and lesser extent, Tyler Bertuzzi, who's now got yeah, an excuse. excuse. Yeah, so good. he's injured. Right? Yeah, that we're, is good. We're and sure? I'd be leaning right into that. Think, yeah, the maintenance day. What are you talking about? Of course Because of how he looks, he can always look hurt. Right? Yeah. Like he's got that, like, kind of manginess about him. So he's he's definitely like, concerned about that. He's like, that's not ideal. Like, boy, it would have been nice to have these guys getting off to great, great starts. <laughs> but also, it's I can guarantee you that Brad for Living is looking at the ice time distribution. Mm-hmm. And maybe part of the reason why you saw Max Domi play 13 minutes oh. instead of like 11 is that there's like a not too subtle Strings conversation. Being pulled? No, that he's like, I know. Okay, these guys haven't played necessarily all that well. And you gotta I try get it. it. You're trying to win hockey games because I'm going to fire you if you're not in the playoffs <laughs> For by, sure. by the time that the trade deadline rolls along. But... Let's give it some time to breathe, like, and especially building the equity of the first two games mm-hmm. with the four points. Like, let's let's see it here. Like, let's wh- why? Why do we need to start have having panicky deployment already at this point in the season? The time for panicking will come. Okay, if this continues, let's not panic right now. If you're the head coach, just the, the a fan, you panic whenever you want. You oh, can totally. panic to start the season. I think I think the interesting thing with it is that it's funny for all the conversations we've had for the entirety of their professional life of why don't you flip the wingers with Nylander and and Marner? Why don't you flip the wingers on the other side? That's the one thing that hasn't been tried. And again, it's weird to reward a player who has not given you what you want with arguably the most prime like beachfront. It is Park Place, Boardwalk. I don't know whatever the most expensive one is on on Monopoly. That's riding shotgun. Boardwalk. With, okay, there you go. Maybe it's Park Place. I don't know. Maybe Park people, Place is... People say like dry sidle. People say dry sidle McDavid could be Park Place or, or Boardwalk. That's a quibble we could have. What? No, there's no quibble. McDavid is Boardwalk and, right. and dry sidle is Park Place. Oh, no. I was saying like playing with those two versus Matthew Marner. But yeah, I guess you're right. It's yeah. a pretty clear hierarchy there. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like it. Anyways, <laughs> well, the point I'm making is that if you're tree living, I think that is... 
I, I would have less of an issue with why are you bumping Max Domi down in the lineup? That, that is fine coaching, in my opinion. You're allowed to do that, but it's could you also try bumping him up in the yeah. lineup and putting Bertuzzi on a different line to give some things different looks? That's the, that is the one part of it that for a guy who wants to try everything, yeah. it's the one thing that hasn't been tried yet. Well, and, and Sheldon Keefe understands the problem here is time, right? Like these guys need more time, which I guess is just games played, but it's well, also but like you if could give it to them. Right. Yeah. It's like time, like <laughs> as far as games, but it's also like time on the physical ice. Yeah. You could just like, <laughs> you, you could let things play out longer than 18 minutes in a game before you go, ah, this isn't working. Get no. it out of here. And I don't want it the other way. I do not want a coach who's just set it and forget it behind the bench and is just rolling four lines and there's no thought to switch things up. I like that Keefe is creative with the way he gets players out there. Uh, Bourne has talked a lot about this. He has a very good feel for how much a player has played and he has a very good ability to kind of grasp that. But he's also way, way too quick on the trigger. And I like that he's experimenting, but you got to give some stuff some time to ferment. Might stink. Fermentation can stink. But you gotta let it get there. Fermentation can stink. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, toilet it's, wine. Yeah. <laughs> I learned about that on my prison IG. I don't know why. Yeah, your phone knows you're going to prison one day. One I can't day. wait to see I what d- it's for. Office pool. What am I going to go to jail for one day? All right. I'd be very curious about the guesses. We'll, we'll figure it out in the break. All right. When we come back, um, the Ryan Reeves Corey Perry story continues to uh, bubble up. Even days after they played each other, as Luke Richardson's talking about it again. Saw that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to noted tough guy, former NHL forward, host of the Drop in the Gloves podcast, John Scott, next as the fan morning show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan morning show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. So Maple Leafs losing streak now at two. The Austin Matthews goal scoring streak is now, it's been halted for two games. So he's on a two-game goalless drought. You know what else started yesterday? Oh, I was going to say another streak snapped as well, but maybe yeah, you're going yeah. the same place. Okay, yeah. First you game without it. a fighting there major. There it is. Yeah. yeah, look at us. <laughs> look at us. Maple Leafs did not. I mean, the the streak of Ryan Reeves being on the ice for a goal against. Uh, it's not a fun one. Don't yeah, talk about that. It does continue. It's not despite, a fun one. Despite playing seven minutes uh, a game. All right, let's talk to John Scott, former NHL forward, host of the Drop on the Gloves podcast. How's it going, John? It's going good, guys. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, it's not quite panic season here in Toronto, but yeah, the the, the first four games of the season have left a little bit to be desired. Uh, at least got points, uh, two of them each, in the first two games despite some sloppy play. It's uh, not resulted in any points the last two games. I wonder, John, like, I, I, I know 82 games is it's last forever, the season. And and at the end of the season, this will probably just feel like a blip. But how do the players treat the early season schedule? Well, I guess it depends on where you are in your career. I had Derek step on my show the other day, and he had multiple lengthy playoff runs with the Rangers. And he said, but I asked him that same question. I was like, what, what do veterans think about the first two months of the season? And he's like, they just want to get through it. They, they don't care what seed they are in the playoffs. So you're not going to ramp up until midway through the season. And the Leafs are a veteran team now. They, they don't have a young team. They got Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. Like, 
these are vets in the league, so I doubt they're panicking too much. They're just trying to get through the first couple months without any major injuries. They'll make the playoffs. Everything will be fine. And they really don't care what seed they'll be in the playoffs. Just get to the dance, and then we'll try to make some damage. You're just trying to get to bedtime with your seven daughters, I feel like, John. Like, every day must be, like, you just trying to get to, like, it's bedtime, finally. Can you hear them in the background? I apologize. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Couple of, couple of uh, parents here. We we certainly know the deal. You know, Ryan Reeves, he was such a big talking point heading into the season. You know, he has a couple fights or in the first couple of games. Everything's going well. And now things have started to, there's been a conversation about, you know, how often he's out there when the Leafs are scored against. You know, no player likes being out there for a minus for a minus but when you are a tough guy your job is not to say it's not to play hockey of course it is you want to give your team a good shift but when your job is this other thing how hard is it when the the minuses start to add up and you know let's be realistic here ryan reeves is not a guy who's going to go score 20 this season to go get it back the the other way what's it like as a player who does the job you guys do when you kind of start to have a run because i don't think ryan reeves is going to go like this where he's out there for a goal every night the rest of the season but it's been a rough, rough start for him in that regard. No, when you look at his career, he's obviously a, a plus player. But yeah, as a you know fourth line guy, a tough guy, that's what you pride yourself in. You don't get scored on. You go out, you throw some body checks. You maybe get into the odd dust up now and again, but you have to make sure you're taking care of your own end first. Because if you're in your own end, you're getting scored on. You should be taking another lineup. That's just how it goes. Because like you mentioned. You're not going to put up 20 goals a year. Your job is to kind of create havoc, keep the other team honest, but it's also to make sure you're not a liability out there. And I haven't seen all four games. I don't know if all the goals are Ryan's fault, whatever it may be, but, yeah, that that's a tough stat to kind of justify yourself being in a lineup when you know there's a guy sitting behind you who maybe could produce a little more offensively, maybe could jump in on the power play if need be or the penalty kill and maybe get a little more ice time. Ryan's there for one reason, and that's to kind of be a physical presence. If you're getting scored on every game, it's hard to justify throwing you in the lineup. But he's a veteran. He will figure it out. Maybe it's just bad puck luck. Like I said, I haven't seen a couple of the games. But the first two games, everybody was raving about him. So it, it ebbs and flows. And Toronto's such a polarizing place. But it's, uh, yeah, it's not a good look when you're dashed. What is he, four now? Three or four in the first four games. Yeah, so. it's not ideal. No, uh, and John, I, I know you're you're doing some work um, with the, the Blackhawks broadcast. We saw... Connor Bedard and that Blackhawks team on Monday. I should say Corey Perry and that Blackhawks team because, yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he's always central in any game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he and Ryan Reeves were, were going at it verbally on the ice and a little pushing and shoving. Obviously did not engage in a physical fight. In fact, that was the first game that Reeves himself didn't get in, into a fight, and then we've, we've, you know, it hasn't gone away. Luke Richardson brought it up the other day. I mean, Ryan Reeves, after the game, talked about how he's not been a fan of Corey Perry throughout the course of his entire career because he doesn't back it up. Like, wh where do you land on this thing and then your excitement for the return engagement at the end of November? Well, it's like, what, is he supposed to back it up? Corey Perry is like, he came into the league as, as a first round high end guy. <laughs> Most of his career, he was a first line player. Like he's not that guy, Ryan Reeves. Like, I don't know what he expects him to do. Just like go to the center ice of Scotiabank and drop the bits and say, let's go. Let's put on a show. I don't know what the end game is there, but I don't know. They're both doing their job. Ryan's trying to, you know, stay relevant a little bit, talk in the press, like, Badmouth Corey Perry and Perry loves it. Like, yeah, let's not like try to trick anybody. This is what he does. He's been doing it for almost 20 years and it's perfect. And obviously the Chicago 
Blackhawks got the better of the Leafs, and they're frustrated they're talking about him after the game. So Perry's doing his job. He's, he's playing well on the ice. He's getting on the under the other people's skin. I don't know why people still fall into it. Like, he's been doing it forever. That's his M.O. now. He's going to do stuff after the whistle. He's going to drag you down. He's going to hold your stick. He's going to get in the goalie's face. It's like, leave him be. That's the best thing you can do is just let him be. But everybody just falls for him. He's got one of those faces you just don't like. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, uh, man, it's, it really is a true rule of life, right? Like, I'm not able to back it up the way you are. But even I see people sometimes and go, Ugh, it's just that face. He's got There's one of those faces. Not, nothing yeah. you can do about it. I wish I could tell you to do something about it. But it's just your face, man. Uh, you know, it's just looking that, right at stop me when look, you say that. Well, I'm, it's only one person sitting in the room with me, Ben. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, John, in terms of the role you mentioned there, you're right. Corey Perry is not going to take that fight against Ryan Reeves. Now, he t- he's taken a fight against the Leafs to go back to the Devaris thing. Obviously, that was a completely different animal. But you were a guy who obviously, you know, you were in a pretty heavyweight class. What is it like when you're that guy and your team doesn't necessarily have the midway, you know, because if Nick Felino, a guy who's Perry's teammate now, who was on the Leafs, maybe if Nick Felino's on the Leafs, it's him saying, no, you don't have to go Revo, but you can go me. What does it do to a te- to to your teammates? Do you feel like it, not that they don't love your presence there, but I've wondered this about the Leafs. Are they going to have to answer for some more things now that Ryan Reeves is here and the threat of a fight is actually present in every game? Yeah, I had that situation in Buffalo where I was kind of the only guy, and I think it forced maybe other guys to step up because, like you mentioned, not everyone's going to engage Ryan Reeves. There's a select few that are going to seek him out for a fight. but And they're all uh, in the I Atlantic don't... this way, by the way, John. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's like all of the guys oh. that he's going to fight are in his division. Janot, Lucia. I love that. It's, it's awesome. It's funny how it works because it, when I was playing, everybody went west, and I went to Chicago and Minnesota, San Jose. Then you go east, and I have to go back to Buffalo, and I was with the Rangers. <laughs> And it's almost like this tide of toughness that goes left and right, depending on who's successful. It just seems to be that way. But, yeah, I don't see Ryan being an everyday player. Hmm? It was John. I think he's a Leafs problem. I think he's an easy target just because he's so big. But he'll be, you know, a 50-game guy. I think that's, that's kind of his sweet spot now in his career, especially with the Leafs. They have a deeper team. But... Like let's let's talk about other guys who aren't mm. producing. I don't think Ryan Reeves is the reason the Leafs have lost the last two games. To be honest, he's God, he's no. a target, like I said. But come on, like let's let's wake up here. Okay, I agree. Uh, let let's let's talk about a guy that you you spent some time with uh, in his rookie season in Arizona, Max Domi, who's one of the the recent additions to to this team. He had a I know he's, people point to, what, the five teams over the last three seasons as, as reason to, to be dubious of, of the impact he can have. But, man, go back and look at the point totals he put up with Dallas in the postseason last year. Like, this guy can contribute. Can, can he be a top-six player, though, on, on a championship team throughout the course of the regular season? I think he can be, with a caveat. He has to just maintain his composure. I think he gets a little too heated at times. I think that turns guys off even on his own team where he just kind of goes out of his way to just get retribution for little things we've seen in his past where he just takes bad penalties, goes off the, his wires crossed a little bit. But Max, he's a good player. I played with him in Arizona where he was just super successful his rookie season. I think people maybe put too much pressure on him because of his last name, because of his first year, what, he, what they see in him. But, yeah, I think he's a good third, second-line guy to have where you can place some in a scoring position if you need be, but he's also a pretty valuable third-line guy. He's super fast. He's on that third line where if you have him, he's he's way better 
than the average third-line guy out there. But uh, the Leafs have the luxury of being able to slot him kind of all over the lineup. But uh, I, I just think he has to kind of stay composed. He's, he's, he's a little bit of his hothead like his dad. I don't know if you guys know his dad is Ty Domi. Oh, and he's known for kind of losing I his cool a little familiar. bit. So isn't it funny? Yeah, yeah, I just bring out these nuggets that not a lot of people <laughs> know about. But, yeah, he, the guy's uh, he's got a little bit of a short fuse on him. Yeah, I uh, I don't know that I've been able to bet it anywhere, but just about everyone in my life has been banking for the uh, five, six-game suspension he has coming for something he's going to do this year because he just wants to make an impact so badly. And, you know, it's kind of funny, right? Of course, his dad wore 28 here, and the guy who used to wear that number, Sam Lafferty, got traded right before the season, and they asked him, are you going to trade and he, or switch? And he said, no, that's dad's. I, I'm going to stick with with my 11. Uh, you know, uh, somebody who has not been a problem for, for this team this year, although he hasn't scored in the past couple of games, Austin Matthews, I mean, you've been on record talking about how special you you think he's going to be. Uh, just what have you seen from him so far? I mean, obviously he gets shot out of the gates with the back-to-back hat tricks, and that's special, but uh, he does just feel like uh, like he's taken a, I won't say a leap, but he, j- he just seems like such a fully formed version of himself right now. Well, I just think he's confident. You know, I think he's found out the type of player he wants to be. He's a goal scorer. He's figured out his defensive game. He's not a liability that he used to be his first few years in this season, and he is the best goal scorer in the league. Let's not kind of mix anything. I know Connor McDavid wins the goal scoring race every year, but if I have a guy to put in a spot that I want to score and he gets one shot, it's Austin Matthews. McDavid generates so many chances. I think that's why he gets so many goals, but he's, he's a goal scorer. He's a legit sniper. The Leafs are lucky to have him. I'm, I'm surprised he re-upped, so he obviously sees something in Toronto, but yeah, he's... He's good, man. Like, he's a very, very fun hockey player to watch. John, this was great. Like, are you, seven daughters. Are, are you, like, the president Correct. of the girl dad, like, committee? Like, is, <laughs> when they meet, like, are you the guy that stands at the, at the dais and is no, like, oh, everybody just get a, together? It's like, it's like all the pictures of the queen we used to have in Canadian rinks. They just have a portrait of John up there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's a club, but if there was, I think I'd be up there for sure. I don't know anybody else who has more daughters than I do. No, uh, me neither. Uh, John, I uh, always appreciate the time. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, guys. Thank you for having me on. This is John Scott, former NHL forward, host of the Drop in the Gloves podcast, father of seven daughters. Yeah. I, I, I don't want seven. I don't. I don't want seven pets, let alone seven children. <laughs> it's a I lot. I have one. It's too many. Yeah. Well, that's rude. Uh, the dynamic. It's just duo. hard. Okay. It's, that's all I'm saying. It's just hard. The dynamic duo of John Mulaney and Pete Davidson are coming to Casino Rama Resort on November 9th, and we are giving away tickets all week long. To enter, all you have to do is tune into episodes of the Fan Morning Show. Listen for the code word. Then. You text that code word to 590-590. Today's code word is SNL. Text SNL to 590-590 right now to enter for your chance to win. If you don't win with us, secure your tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. The Toronto Maple Leafs would like to secure two points mm. tomorrow in Tampa against the Lightning team that also wants to get off to a good start, is also a very competent Atlantic Division opponent mm-hmm. and has more questions in goal than the Panthers do. Obviously, Sergei Bobrovsky, I was talking about on the broadcast, like Hall of Famer, I guess. Like, got to put him in the Hall of Fame with a couple of Vesnas, I suppose. Jeez. Like, wow. Yeah, right? they did mention that, eh? Whoa. It's funny because with a lot of halls, you should look at numbers. I personally, me with hockey, I will not do it. If someone has numbers to back up a claim, I'll hear them. But I just close my eyes, yay or nay, and close my eyes, nay. Nay, I but agree, nay. Two Vesnas. 
if he wins the cup for sure. Yeah, makes a final though. Yeah. I don't know. It's like make a final is special in the moment and you should hold it special. But when I'm talking about a hall of fame, I'm not going to yeah. say made a final. Well, but made a final on the strength of not only your play, but on the strength of your play, like as a team that yeah, barely hap- got into happened? the, what happened in uh, the final? So what? Go look at the same percentage. Best record in the NHL, make the playoffs in the final day and then get all the way to the cup final because yeah. You you were the reason they got there. Yeah, okay. Michael Layton made a cup final. Put him in the Hall of Fame, too. Put them all okay, in. Cool. I mean, it is the Hockey Hall of I Fame. Mean, Everybody on, gets in. Honestly, you want to know my opinion on the matter? Take people out? Yeah, well, just the position. <laughs> I'm good. Like, unless you're... I'll put them unless, in the, the no, officials' Hall no, of Fame. No, 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 Goalies no, no, and umpires no, and referees but all the, go into their own Hall of no, Fame. But the bar... The bar for player... The bar for players is pretty high mm-hmm. in my Hall of Fame. There are... There's like six goalies in my Hall of Fame. If I'm the one doing it, it's like it's Patrick, it's Hashik, it's when Marty. The, the reality and apparently is it's there Bob. Sh- it, there should be more goalies in the Hall of Fame. They're not accurately represented good. in the Hawkeye. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> good people. Like, yeah. No, well, I mean, they <laughs> some like some, but what do we all say about goalies? Yeah. No, you're right. There's probably a higher percentage of not great yeah, people. The guy, the guy who was my goalie for our high school hockey team was also our, our catcher for baseball. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, What's wrong with you? Why do you like that? I was a little league catcher. Okay. I wasn't a goalie. Yeah, see? Yeah. Quasi-normal. I know my limits. Quasi-normal. Yeah. <laughs> you have a big head. I feel like you'd be a good goaltender there and really I mean, yeah, no, it's it a definitely get a lot of goalies make their way uh, stopping pucks with their head. Head saves. On purpose. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Hey, Hashik had his, uh, you could have been the Hashik of head saves. Like that was his thing. Uh, yeah. You're just diving all over the place. So it could have been your style. It could have been a true one on one. I feel like despite the size of my head, they they don't like the helmets are still the same size. Like I think that's mm. yeah, kind of no, maxed out. Like the old Garceno rules where they got to change the pads and stuff. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Um, no goalies are, in the hall. That's what we need to end at. Things are bubbling a little bit here for the Toronto Maple Leafs again. Like it's four games and yeah, they're only two and two. And they won two games and. Boy, those are two wins against teams that are not so great, and another team that was not so great they lost to on mm-hmm. Monday. And, but this Atlantic Division is much improved. Yes, and there's clear reasons to to wonder about this team's ability to bounce back throughout the course of a regular season compared to the the team that we saw for 82 games last year mm-hmm. that eventually normalized defensively. I mean, and again, if you're, if you're going to take positives away from yesterday, they did. They looked a lot more stout, mm-hmm. keeping the puck out of the danger areas in the defensive zone. But, man, the longer this goes, the, the more realistic conversations you have about Okay, what exactly are we watching here? How how good is this hockey team? And I'm not talking about not making the playoffs. That would be, I mean, even, I mean, how long would it have to go before you start having those conversations? But again, look at some of the true cup contenders yep. in the Western Conference and the Golden Knights and the Avalanche and the starts they've gotten off to. And yeah, you can say, well, those are great, great teams. The Leafs are supposed to be that. Yep. And to be this through four games, it's not a disaster, but... The, the opposite is very possible for this team, and we haven't come close to seeing it through four games. I don't need them to win. I need them to be shot out of a cannon to start that game. Show some pride. Carry over what you built on. If the, if the second and third periods were so good and Florida is so fun to be in, carry it over. And actually, for the first time this year, 
start a game on time. I'm not even asking you to score the first goal because you can have a bad bounce nah, go your way. I am. I'm Carry the, the play from jump on Saturday. Please, please, please. But also, like, score the first goal. My God. Yeah, For the first, nice. time. Nice. <laughs> first time this season. That'd be nice. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. This has been the uh, Fan Morning Show. Ben Ennis, Frank Gunning, Sportsnet 5.9 The Fan. Good, Good morning. morning.